The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Boss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk a lot about modified injectors, heavily modified injectors to be more specific. But of course, I always want to remind my remind all of our listeners, we do have a 10% off of tuning coupon going on right now. So you can call over to Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power. Let them know you listen to the podcast and you want to get 10% off of any tuning purchase. Use it and abuse it. Absolutely. Yeah. Tractor tunes, 2.8 liter tunes, MM3, LML, LSP. Uh, 01 to 10 Duramaxes, whatever you want, we'll give you 10% off your tuning, any of our podcast listeners. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. That's awesome. We got future episodes coming up. Some more UCC, guys. Yeah, the UCC episodes have been awesome here lately. LaVon Miller, uh, Zach Fuller, Randy Reyes. Uh, Reyes. Ju- I'm sorry, Reyes. I yeah. apologize. Uh, just been a lot of really good episodes here lately about the UCC. And, of course, if you guys haven't checked out Gail Banks, uh, another top uh, top end of the L5P this time. We really got to dive into some details with him and Nick. You guys you left me there. out. Yeah. yeah, you weren't there again. You're wow. skipping out on those Gail episodes. Man, Gail's my favorite. You know how hard it was to not be there. I hear you, man. I hear you. And then, of course... Nicola Menarini, uh, the chief engineer of the Duramax program, of all diesel program for GM, talked to us about the L5P, talked to us. Yeah, the cruise, the 1.6 liter cruise that's coming back on the market, the 2.8 liter Colorado. He was heavily involved in all of that. Uh, So it was really interesting to hear kind of an insider's perspective on all of the stuff that we're so passionate about. Yeah, but back to the UCC, guys. We have a couple more great episodes coming up. Also, the date, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of April, we'll see you guys out there in Salt uh, Salt Lake was last year, Indy this year. Indy this year. Yeah, we're really excited. Danny and I will be there on scene. So if you guys are down there, make sure you follow follow us on social media. Get in contact with us. We'd love to talk to you about meeting up while we're there. I'm sure we'll be uh, going out for dinner and, and talking intelligently. Yeah. <laughs> Today, though, guys, we are so excited. Uh, we'd like to invite on, or I'm sorry, we'd like to say thank you for joining us to Rick from Exergy. How's it going today, Rick? That's great. How about you guys? Oh, doing wonderful, man. Doing wonderful. Recording on a Thursday instead of a Friday. It's a little yeah, different it's kinda for weird. us. it's kind of weird. I kind of want to go home after this and uh, be <laughs> cool for the weekend. But... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a little bit nicer for me on a Thursday. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, It's. Go- I think it's going to work out great because I have 100% of my attention. I'm not thinking about the weekend yet. And we've been planning on doing this episode for so long, I feel really well prepared for once. Once? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> once in a row. Uh, Rick, before we start diving into modified common rail injectors, I ask every guest, how'd you get your start in diesel performance? Well, uh, I mean, there's a long story there, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, my first uh, diesel pickup um, was a 2002 VP44 Cummins truck. Um, started pretty basic, uh, lift pump, programmer, some trans work, intake exhaust. Um, had the truck for about a year. Uh, test drove a 2004.5 um, Common Rail Cummins. Um, what I did to the VP truck, the Common Rail was still faster. So at that point, I knew I needed an upgrade. I like the newer uh, fuel systems at that point, um, you know, the, the design of them over the, uh, the older mechanical systems and what you could uh, potentially do with the newer common rail systems. So uh, I sold the VP truck. I bought the 04.5 common rail, and that's been a slow build over the last um, uh, five, six, six years now. Oh, wow. 
was the VP truck a 53 black, or was it uh, just because it was a slow truck, that's why you got it? Uh, it was not. A, it was not. Um, I've seen a lot more potential with the common rail. Honestly, I like the new body styles a little bit more. And to be honest, I was a little bit uh, nervous at that point, being 19 years old, um, of having to do a, a VP44 pump uh, in, uh, in my somewhat near future. Gotcha. <laughs> so as we know, the early 04s come with 305 horse, and then the 04 and a half was, what, 325? So. Correct, 325 and 600 foot-pounds from the factory. Awesome. And you said you, you've had a small build going on with that. Uh, what do you got done so far? Well, um, yeah, it was actually a work truck. Um, I did uh, um, residential construction and uh, used it for work mainly. Uh, kept it somewhat basic uh, intake exhaust tuning and, and really didn't do much after that. Uh, when I started for Exergy uh, roughly four years ago, that's when I started uh, doing a bit more to it. Um, turbos and uh, more tuning, um, obviously fuel system components. Um, and basically, I'm to the point it's uh, compound turbos. Um, it's got head work. It still is a stock uh, block, stock rods, pistons. This block's never been out of the truck. Um, it's, uh, it's a drag truck at this point now. Um, I've done a best of a 10 7 at 128 and a quarter. Nice. Um, and uh, this winter, it's, it's going under the knife again. Um, it's going uh, into a, a severe uh, weight reduction mode, um, stripping as much off of it as I can. I picked up a set of drag radials for it. So um, I'd like to try and uh, touch the nines this this year um, and be competitive in a 1050 index class. Nice. Well, good luck to you on that. That sounds fun as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Awesome. Well, as you mentioned, you work over at Exergy. Uh, give us a little bit of your background at Exergy. What do you do over there, Rick? Um, I'm the performance manager for the company, so I oversee um, um, most, uh, basically everything in the performance department, performance related. Um, you know, we Exergy started off as Exergy Engineering, um, and we uh, transitioned. Um, we still have engineering side as well, uh, but we, uh, you know, started the performance business and. Uh, um, uh, late uh, 2000s, uh, 9, 10, um, and from there it's grown uh, quite a bit in the performance side. So, um, you know, what I do essentially is, uh, you know, I manage, um, you know, the uh, group of guys on the floor, all of our technicians, um, you know, work with the uh, floor manager, um, you know, to ensure all the jobs get done, uh, you know, when they should. Um, I keep up on uh, final uh, quality control checks, um, you know, work with uh, owners of the company for um, a, a lot of different things. Um, um, but, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a great job. I, I love what I do. Um, certainly wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, as we mentioned, we're going to really get into this uh, heavily modified injectors. But before we get all of our listeners lost, I wanted to go over some of the basic lingo. And when we talk about injector lingo, I feel like, even in the diesel performance industry, there's still some things that seem a little fuzzy to guys. So I, I know the number one thing that I have guys really get confused with is latency. What is injector latency? Can you give us a quick kind of rundown on what latency is? Yeah, there's a couple different things there. Um, uh, latency would be uh, what we'd call, like if you see a baseline sheet come through, um, we'll either say uh, early or late BOI or, or early or late uh, EOI. A BOI would be beginning of injection, EOI is end of injection. Um, so what we do um, in any baseline, um, we run the injectors through standardized uh, test points. Uh, so the, pi um, the pilot then, uh, injection versus the post injection you're talking about? Or just the, is that... 
Can you clarify that? Yeah, so we do. Uh, so when we do the baseline, we'll uh, measure uh, pilot, idle, cruise, and rated quantities. Um, if it's a modified set, we'll also do a high point quantity. Um, we also check the return flow of every every injector as well. Uh, we don't stop there though. We also watch uh, the rate trace of each injector. So essentially, when the injector opens, uh, the overall rate. Um, how long it's open and when it closes. Um, so when we talk about early or late uh, EOI or BOI, we're talking about um, how early or late the beginning of injection of that specific injector is uh, compared to the rest of the set um, or end of injection as well. So if you have an injector that has a late end of injection, what that means is it is not turning off at the same time the rest of them are, and that's going to cause a problem, a running issue in the truck. That's awesome how specific you guys are going to you guys can be when we're actually getting into that and we're going to dive into some of your testing and and kind of analysis portion of this. Uh, are you going to do a commercial? <laughs> no, 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 real quick actually. I wanted to ask about yeah. two more things. One, I wanted to give a, get a cover for our guys on what pulse width is cuz I feel like that's going to come up today. And two, I wanted to know the difference between percent and horsepower. Pulse width uh, is typically what we're measuring in microseconds. Um you could do it in a few different uh um, forms, but uh, basically pulse width is how long uh, the injectors open. Um, so there's always going to be a uh, electronic and a hydraulic delay, but essentially it's um, you know when you tell the injector to turn on, how long the, a- the injector is actually staying open for before it closes, and that's essentially what you're going to get with a pulse width. Okay, that's awesome, Rick. Uh, tell me the difference between percent and horsepower. Why do we see guys measure them both ways, and what's the difference? Well, a lot of times uh, in the past, horsepower was uh, could could have been a good way to uh, measure uh, um, injector characterization. But um, nowadays, with these electronic systems where you can uh, make a lot of tuning changes uh, uh, via a laptop or a programmer, et cetera, um, that uh, correlation kind of goes out the window. Say an old 12-valve uh, setup. Um, you could increase the size of a, uh, a nozzle on the nozzle holder of a 12-valve put it on the dyno, do it before and after, and it's going to get you roughly 100 horsepower more than what it did before. So that was a 100 horsepower injector. Um, it's really hard to do that nowadays because we could offer an injector and call it 100 horsepower. Um, you could tune the truck to where it'll make 50 horsepower more than it did before or 300 horsepower more than it did before. So um, the correlation in percentage over, that is a percentage over of stock nozzle flow. Um, that for us is a lot better uh, way to um, correlate the percentage over or the increase in injector output, um, which is a little more commonized. And being that every set that goes out the door, every 100% over is going to be the same as the next one, um, it's really easy for uh, you know, tuners to be able to you know, um, get a, a good baseline and a good uh, number to use uh, to actually be able to tune the injector in the truck. Now, I have gotten into this with some some other shops when we're asking, because obviously Danny and I have a lot of experience with helping guys out getting tuning for modified injector trucks. Um, However, the one thing I run into is other shops will ask me, well, is that liters per minute measured at peak? So at at the max of the injector, that's where we're saying that we've increased 100% of the flow? So 100% of the flow is going to be based off of nozzle flow. Uh, I could give you a nozzle flow uh, measurement at uh, our essentially industry standard uh, test point uh, 
for the nozzle calibration. However, um, most of the time they're going to actually want to know injector output, and that's going to be what we would measure in cubic millimeters at X pressure and X pulse width. Okay. Okay, so there is some more that goes into that, so that when we're comparing from one shop to the other, there's probably some details people would need to gather to really get a an exact right. idea. Yeah, um, I mean, some people, if it's if it's talking about nozzles, um, some companies uh, we've seen will um, uh, simply do a air gauge um, to where they'll just measure airflow through the nozzle. Um, to be honest, it's fairly fairly crude it, it can work but um, doing a uh, um, you know somewhat of a hydraulic or uh, doing a flow with uh, calibration fluid um, again at ind- industry standard gives us the best uh, measurement of flow through that nozzle um, and then of course uh, our products our nozzles you know once we get the pre-flows um, after modification all of those at that point will be balanced uh, below one percent um, so it's essentially a much better uh, uh, way of, of doing it that's awesome okay thank you for clearing that up for us <laughs> I, I always feel like a lot of the VP trucks like you had they're all measured in the horsepower yeah yeah and of course with all the common rail stuff and that's all the percentage over. So yeah. that, that's, to me, the biggest difference. I know as we start to get into this, too, now that we got some of the, the kind of terminology cleared up to help some of our, our listeners with that, um, I'd like to dive into some of the parts in the injector because I feel like that's the other mystery behind it, right, is I have guys who call and they want tips. I have guys who call and they want honing. I have guys who call and they want new and they want reman. But they don't really know what is in their injector. They just know it is an injector. And so Certainly. many times uh, people call in and say, how much do you guys um, charge for 60% over nozzles? And and why we don't change nozzles anymore, we'll get into that. Um, but as far as uh, what's in the injector and what they do. Yeah, wh- what stator, are some of the parts? Yeah, the yeah. stator. I always wanted to know what the hell is a stator and what does it do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well... I could spend hours on this, to be honest, but um, <laughs> there's, there's certainly a lot that goes on inside of an injector. I mean, you've got your main areas of the injector. You've got the nozzle area, uh, the body portion, which houses a, a valve group and a couple other uh, parts, um, and then the stator area. Uh, stator, essentially, is what's uh, controlling the on-off time. So once the ECU uh, uh, applies current to the stator, it will open the injector, um, and it takes away current, and it, uh, it closes the injector, and that's all done with the stator. Um, there's a lot, a lot of valving. There's a lot of uh, parts um, up top uh, internally that all go hand-in-hand to make all that work uh, properly and perfect. Um, you know, and then um, body itself, um, you know, valve group with the control rod, um, and then uh, down towards the uh, the bottom, your nozzle, um, and then the nozzle needle um, are probably the key components of a solenoid injector. When you say solenoid injector, what is that, and what's different than a solenoid injector? Um, I mean, typically when we talk solenoid versus uh, something else, um, with what we do here with the common rail Bosch components we work with, mm-hmm. we're comparing a solenoid versus a piezo. A uh, piezoelectric uh, is a much uh, there's a lot different uh, um, items, components inside the piezo versus what's uh, in a solenoid, and they're essentially operated two completely different ways. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so let's circle back. So now we know more about the lingo. Yep. Now we know more about the parts inside of the injector. I want to talk about the process. So when 
when you guys deal with inspection, because that's one thing that before anybody I know who's gone into big injectors or anybody that has big injectors, they've asked us about getting them checked out. Because it's always the injector or the tuner's fault, well, right? Uh, my my yep. rule of thumb is if you have to, if you think that you need to test your injectors, you might as well just get some new ones because there's a reason why you think you need to test them. <laughs> That's my theory because it doesn't really happen very often where the injectors were good and they thought that. Yeah, or at yeah. least not a whole set, mm-hmm. right? So yep. tell us, Rick, what's behind inspection of a common rail injector? Um, so if a use set comes in, I mean, it's. Uh, to start a little bit before that, um, and more on uh, Danny's comment there, we don't rebuild or remanufacture injectors here. We can certainly make some repairs, but if it's an internal component wear, um, body wear, um, uh, that's that's not something we want to get into fixing. At that point, we would suggest a genuine Bosch uh, reman or new replacement injector for that. Um, so in the case that we get a used set of injectors in, we'll do an external inspection uh, right out of the box. Um, uh, we mainly do that because a lot of the time packaging is um, unfortunately sometimes terrible when uh, when the injectors come to our facility. So <laughs> we need like to make sure that nothing. In the box, <laughs> the Pringle can I, yeah, with them all stacked in. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've had a 24 by 24 by 24 box with eight injectors and maybe one maybe one newspaper worth of papers in it. Oh. Um, yeah, oh. nozzles sticking out the side of the box and. I mean, as you could assume, um, none of those injectors were were good to use um, <laughs> after they made it to our facility. So we uh, we certainly have to go through an external uh, inspection process uh, as received. And if there are any issues, we need to notify the customer because um, there's cases where they think they packaged them fine. UPS, of course, at that point isn't going to do anything about it, um, and they uh, assume it's on us. So. We just do an inspection right away. If everything checks out good, they go right to an external cleaning. Um, so we clean the bodies up. Uh, we clean the nozzles up. We have a special process to do the nozzles so that we don't damage any of the nozzle holes. Um, we recommend anybody that's sending used injectors in, do not touch the injectors as you pull them out. Put them right in a baggie, um, you know, label them per cylinder, um, package them well, and send them in. Um, if you use a coarse wire brush on the nozzles, there's a lot of, a lot of times you'll get... Uh, uh, holes that'll roll over um, on the on the nozzle, and unfortunately, that's not something that can be fixed. And you could be looking at uh, over a thousand dollars for a replacement set of nozzles. So um, we've got a special process for that, um, and we'll go through that process for everyone. Um, from there, once they're clean, they go into trays, uh, work order placed accordingly, um, and then they get in line for a baseline for the calibrator. That's one thing I really envy you guys for, and. Uh, I, I got to say, I'm personally proud to do business with a business like your guys because you do such thorough testing. Your testing facility and equipment is just out of this world, I have to say, compared to a lot of other ones that you know that are out on the market. So can you explain to us what kind of uh, testing you guys get into? What machines do you use to do the testing? Yeah, um, machine, um, well, the machine started off as, something. Um, We have uh, transformed it into essentially a perfect machine for what we do um, and and how we're doing things. Um, A lot of the uh, Bosch machines that have been used in past and some people still use to this day, um, they work great um, 
for basic stuff, but when we're working with anything modified, um, we uh, our machine gives us a, a whole lot of other options um, to work with that modified injector versus just a stock one. So um, through the uh, cleaning process into the tray, um, from there they go to the uh, the baseline on the calibrator. Um, kind of what we talked a little bit about earlier, um, they go right on the bench. Um, we test at um, um, we'll test pilot, idle, low, uh, midpoint quantities. Um, if it's a modified injector, we'll also do a high point quantity to see how, how it's doing at uh, essentially like a wide open throttle scenario. Um, also check the return flow of every injector. Um, and then um, back to the watching each injector trace, we watch the beginning of injection, overall rate, end of injection, um, and that tells us basically everything we'll need to know about the set of injectors um, to make our uh, uh, recommendation on what we uh, feel the customer might need for repairs. So if we see a set a return flow was flag red. Um, we'll tear the injector apart and we'll diagnose the problem, figure out where and why the return flow is high. There's a lot of different areas that could cause a high return flow if it's a, um, a ball seat that's uh, worn or even uh, worst case, uh, um, you know, washed away. Um, we've seen nozzles uh, cracked um, from overpressure, um, you know, a poor seal at the needle and nozzle. Um, there's there's certainly a number of things. So uh, once we once we run through every injector in that test, um, we figure out what, where we're at, what we have uh, with that test, and then we'll uh, typically tear two or more injectors apart, uh, depending on uh, what we see in that test. Um, do a diagnosis of what may may be wrong with them, um, and at that point, uh, get all our information. We've got we take pictures of everything under a high pro- high power microscope. Uh, we'll do pictures inside and outside of the nozzles. Um, so it's a very, very thorough test uh, to ensure that we're not going to miss anything so that when the injectors are modified and sent back out to the customer, you know, we can ensure that there's going to be no problems with that set down the road. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I do love getting the pictures. It's, I, it's like the last thing you guys do, right? Like the <laughs> smallest part of your process. But it does seem to have the biggest impact. You know, when somebody sends in a Definitely. set of injectors, there's some money there. You know, there's an emotional response. Yep. Their their truck is yep. down or they have a goal that they want to reach. When they send those in to get those pictures back, those high-resolution, microscopic-style pictures, um, it really does make it a very clear picture, you, you know, to the end user. Yeah, certainly. And it helps, too, with, uh, you know, showing the customer what what's actually wrong with them. Uh, you could you can send them to a fuel shop. Um, you know, they might test them on a generic test bench and Call say they're bad. Oh. Well, what, I mean, why are they bad? You know, what's the, what's the failure mode? Is there anything you need to watch out for in your current fuel system that might be causing your injectors to fail, et cetera? So having all of this information is certainly nice uh, for the customer to see. Um, and if there's any issues with the fuel system itself, I mean, if it's a, uh, Say it's a rust uh, rust issue. You know, maybe they're full of rust internally. We could sell them a set of new injectors. Um, that's not going to do them any good because they are not going to fix the um, the root cause or the root issue in the vehicle itself. Boom. And the podcast ended on that note. No, I'm just joking. That's awesome. That is a great point. You know, as a lot of guys have their injectors go out and they really don't know why. They just know that a new set of injectors. And it's always a sad story when you hear somebody saying, I've thrown two, three sets of injectors over this over the last two, three years or something. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's talk about modifying injectors. Tell me a little bit about the process of what's a standard modification process to a set of injectors. 
Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's a lot, um, of course. I mean, we basically do uh, injectors from 10% to um, at this well uh, for this upcoming year, uh, 700% over. Um, some have may have seen a, a post on. Uh, the social media about a, a big set we've done. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of potential there. Um, you know the, the modification Hondo. process. Uh, you know up to that roughly 500% over um, is uh, at least for us is fairly standardized at this point. Um, so anything over 100%, uh, we EDM the nozzles first. Um, EDM is electro discharge machining. Um, basically, it's a it's, it's a wire that's uh, charged with uh, electricity um, that enlarges the holes. And we've got different uh, wire size diameters that we can increase the size of those nozzles. How, how much um, did that machine cost? You know, Mike Carter, he was on the show. His yeah. dad's got an EDM wire machine in the shop. They make uh you know the Apple screws. You know, that right. was over a million dollars. I mean, how much is that machine? Um, I probably can't say that. Um, it, it was a lot. It, it was a lot, uh, but but completely worth it. Um, you know, we've we've uh, that machine's been in house now for uh, about three years, and it's been excellent. Um, we we had a lot of failure rates uh, with previous suppliers, um, and it was hard to, hard to get uh, something consistent. Uh, we brought machine in house, and we're down below a one percent failure rate uh, in modifying our own nozzles uh, in house here. Uh, it certainly is a lot easier to control uh, quality, obviously, with a process that uh, you can oversee by walking 20 feet out onto the shop floor. So <laughs> when, when you hone them out uh, through the wire, you're saying it's a lot more effective than just tossing on some tips. And that's what well, I, so, I, I like to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Um, so up to 100%, uh, we use a abrasive flow machine. Um, it's uh, essentially, honestly, it looks like silly putty. Um, it's a... Uh, it's uh, a media that will, uh, um, w- under pressure through the hole, will actually turn into a solid. There's abrasives in it, and it will enlarge the size of the hole. Um, we use that process up to 100% over. We have great results with that process up to 100% over. Um, over 100% is where we start to see potential issues for uh, misshaped holes, difference in hole sizes, um, channeling, or too much radius. Um, and, and that's the point that we'll go to the uh, EDM. We'll do a, a raw EDM, and then from there we'll uh, um, do a pre-flow on all those nozzles. Um, and then um, if we're shooting for, say, 250% over, usually the raw EDM is going to come out about 220 to 225%. Um, and then we'll use the abrasive flow hone um, to get a radius back into the hole as well as balance the nozzles uh, to less than 1%. How how does this process impact the spray pattern as we get into these really big injectors? Um, it's not honestly. It's not going to be much different than what you would see out of a stock Bosch nozzle. Um, the size of the hole is enlarged, um, but we're using the same process. The is the same EDM uh, process as what Bosch would use, um, as well as uh, you know adding the radius. Uh, to ensure a, a nice uh, a flow path through that nozzle. Um, we've done uh, a lot of uh, um, spray studies uh, from nozzles 30% to 500% over with uh, great results uh, with every process we've, we've done so far. Can you explain to our listeners why keeping the spray pattern uh, consistent is so important? Um, yeah, it's uh, if you have a nozzle that's got... Um, say half the holes are smaller than the other half, say it's a six-hole nozzle, um, and you've got uh, 
you know, three holes that are 10 thou, three holes that are 13 thou, um, even if you match the flows from one nozzle to the other, you're not going to have a consistent burn in the cylinder. More or less, one side of the one side of the piston is going to get a lot less fuel, which is going to be, depending on how much fuel, potentially cooler. Um, and then the other side is going to be getting a lot more fuel, which is potentially going to be burning hotter. Um, that difference in heat can certainly cause issues in an engine and potentially uh, engine failures. So having consistent hole sizes um, will will certainly uh, help uh, overall running in the engine. Um, and consistent hole sizes uh, are coupled with having a, a complete set of nozzles, if it's a set of six or a set of eight, depending on the application, having all of those balanced with 1% will ensure that the overall rate of the injector is where it, uh, where it should be. Um, and that's definitely going to be the most efficient uh, setup in the vehicle. Absolutely. So it keeps you safe. It keeps the, the motor safe. It, it really it ha- kind of helps with everything. It also helps the, the fuel burn evenly so that you're not getting uh, excessive soot unnecessarily. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's crucial. So I love to hear yeah. that. How about the body? When you get into these big injectors, I, I know you guys modify the body. What does that mean? Um, so we do uh, – uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, people call it body mods. Um, uh, we, we refer to it as an internal modification there's a number of things that happens with that process that I can't really go into. Top um, secret, but essentially Paul. What, <laughs> what we're doing uh, with that process, um, and we do anything over 250% requires an internal modification. There's a, a few different uh, stages of that internal modification depending on the size of the nozzle. Um, but what we're really shooting for there is the beginning of injection of the injector. So the, the, the slope of the ra- uh, a rate trace of the beginning of injection. Um, over 250% is where we start seeing a significant decrease uh, or slope of the beginning of injection. Uh, what that means is the fuel isn't going to get in as quickly as what it would if that beginning of injection was more like stock. When we do the internal modification, it speeds that beginning of injection back up to where we want it. It gets the fuel in a lot quicker, um, and, and overall, it's going to help the efficiency of the engine um, in general. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. If you thought about like taking a funnel and turning it upside down and try pouring water in the top and wondering exactly. why it's not pouring as fast as if you cut that funnel in half and poured it in at the top, where it's a larger yep. opening... It it would pour quicker and catch up. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. So basically, just a a pressure drop um, is what we're we're trying to uh, cure. And, Rick, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about how to select the right injector for your truck. Also, we're going to give you a couple examples on how to set up your pull truck. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Phil Grandinetti, Service Manager at Calibrated Power Solutions. As you probably know, we install high-performance equipment for your diesel truck. Twin turbo kits, dual fueler kits, injectors, our stealth turbos, our DT750 and DT1000 transmissions. But what you may not know is that our techs can also diagnose and repair most of the systems on your truck, including electrical, starting and charging, AC, brakes, ABS, steering, and suspension. So please call us if you're having issues with any of the systems on your truck. We will help you through the process of diagnosing and repairing the problem. You can reach us at 815-568-7920. That's 
568-7920. And we're back with Rick from Exergy. Rick, I'm so excited to get into selecting the right injector. Uh, you know, this is one of those things that guys have a really tough time with because I feel like everybody wants just bigger. You know, if my buddy had 100, I want 250s. Yeah, and they say uh, 100% are X dollars, and then, oh, 200s are only 200 more dollars. I'm going to just buy the 200s. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, wouldn't you want the 200s? Well. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of criteria is important when you're selecting an injector for your truck? Yeah, if we have a customer call in, um, I mean, it's basically going to be, you know, what's the horsepower goal or target of the truck? Um, you know, what is the customer using the truck for? Um, and if they're running any kind of a series, uh, what class uh, are they going to be running in? Um, if it's a pull truck or a drag truck, um, all of those essentially will uh, uh, somewhat determine or factor in uh, what size uh, injector and pump we would suggest for that truck. Okay. Okay. Is there ever too much injector? Do you ever get guys who just, like we were talking about here, requesting just way too much? What do those scenarios look like? Yes. Um, well, in, it's, it's typically the uninformed. Um, the guy that doesn't know, you know, he just sees, um, you know, he sees somebody that has a big injector that's making a lot of power and he, he feels he needs that. Um, those cases um, I, uh, are actually not, uh, not bad at all, uh, being the fact that we can actually inform those customers um, on, in the reasons for not having to go for such a large injector. Yeah. Um, you don't need a 500% over to, to run a 800-horse uh, street truck. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of the same thing. Uh, while my buddy has these, I want to go bigger just because. Some cases, those guys are always going to go bigger, and, well, they're never going to use the full potential out of the injector. Uh, a nice thing about having a, a, a balanced set of nozzles as well as a balanced set of injectors um, is um, it's, it's going to be an efficient, clean-running setup no matter what. Um, the larger the uh, nozzle flow goes, um, sure, the more potential you have, but uh, with great tuning, like, uh, like what you guys do, um, uh, up to a point, you can still certainly make those bigger sets run clean and efficient on the street, um, you know, without or uh, with little smoke output um, in, uh, you know, reasonable EGTs. Yeah, with the 10 bar now in place and a few other small things, it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Look at the Duraburp, you know, 1,000 uh, horsepower. Exactly. What, what Ripper, 1,045. Oh, 1,045. What's in it? 250s, 100s? I don't remember anymore. 150s? Uh, 200. 250s. Thought they were Are big. They? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure they were 250s. He went real big on them because yeah. he was he was talking about the tuning in it and. Yeah, and I think it was a big injector, and the thought there was keeping it fairly big in size so he could run a short pulse with, um, to help with uh, that uh, you know efficiency, uh, EGTs and uh, smoke output, um, and then that coupled with the 14 uh, yeah. is is a pretty nasty setup. Yeah, that new 14 mils, but I'm pretty excited for to find uh, <laughs> what, what our full yeah, potential is. All. And all right. I'm say well, you know, you know, I wrote a blog on it, and Rich did a video on it, and all three of us are sitting here, and nobody can remember the exact mm. number. And um, probably pretty bad. Yeah. Well, it's you know what the cool day. part is? You guys haven't driven it like I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I actually, I haven't got to get behind the wheel you guys yet. Have been I will. Seen it. Oh. You haven't seen it in person yet. No, I'm oh. missing out. Come I, on, man. Get on a plane, son. I took a I, customer. Seriously. I took a customer out. He wanted to take a cruise in it. Yeah. Well, actually, he didn't even want to. I was like, hey, we should go for riding this. <laughs> and I went in Nick's office. I'm like, I'm peacing out in the Durham. He's like, okay. <laughs> so I like, I pull out and I'm, I get on it. And then he said that his feet were literally lifting up off of the, the floorboards as yeah. I was getting into it. He's like, 
It was they were weightless. And Dana, you were wrong. It was not two hundred and fifty percent. They were one hundred and fifty percent over injectors in the Dura Burp. So now we're going to jump right back into it here, uh, Rick. <laughs> I, what I wanted to ask you was, I get a lot of guys yeah. t- calling me. They want bigger injectors to help with spool up in the turbo. Do you talk to guys about this? A little bit, honestly. That's not a. I would say it's not a fairly typical question for what we get. Um, honest, not as much anymore. Um, back. Uh, Paul, that sounds like a forum ago. question. What is this, a forum? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, it was, you know, probably two years ago, it was a lot more, um, it was a lot of assumption that you just needed a bunch of fuel to spool their turbo. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of factors, as you guys know, that's actually going to spool a turbo. Um, and good tuning is, is the first place to start to help a turbo spool. Um, certainly to a point, you need fuel, you need heat to build the turbo, but, um, getting a huge injector just to spool a turbo is probably not the right way to go. I, I would tend to agree with you there. I, 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 I'm right there with you. We talk a lot more about the turbo dynamics and what, what account, accounts for spool up time and things like that. Um, what are some of the problems guys run into when they select the wrong injectors? Ooh. <laughs> street manners. Um, Bad street manners. Yeah. You pro- yeah, I would say that's probably number one. Yeah. Um, probably bad street manners. Um, there's a lot of times, too, where, I mean, a lot of guys go too big. Um, there's a lot of guys that um, underbuild. They'll, uh, they'll go with a smaller injector, um, smaller pump. Um, and then, of course, as everybody um, who's somewhat built a diesel truck, uh, they get an itch, they build it, they like it for six months. Well, then they're like, hmm, I think I need more. Uh, and then that's the point where it's like, okay, now we got to send the injector back in and, and go larger. So it, it can go both ways. Um, you know, the uh, on the too big side, um, definitely street manners. Um, uh, smoke output's probably a big one. Um, EGTs potentially. Um, you know, there's definitely a point where, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, where you can only tune so much out of a big injector to make it uh, streetable. So a guy that's you know, hauling 15,000 pounds is probably not going to want to run a 250 or 300% over injector. That's right. That's well, right. Their it, buddy, it's... their buddy was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> on the forum? Exactly. Yeah. Their buddy on the forum. That's right. Yeah, That's I, saw, right. I saw him posting the other day. <laughs> no, I, th- I think what I run into too is um, I get a lot of guys who they, they buy an injector again because their buddy bought an injector or something along those lines. And they don't, like you said before, they don't really have a clear understanding of what they needed when they started. You can go with big injectors and tow something if you have the right turbo set up. And that's, that's what I have to say to a lot of guys. You, you really need to consider the whole truck set up yeah. before yeah. you pick injectors. Right. You can't just say, I want more power, throw fuel at it. That, that doesn't work. But what Rick was describing, he said, you know, a guy that has 100% overs and he wants all of a sudden 150 overs and he comes back scratching for more. <laughs> scratcher, I call him. I'm like, oh, we got a scratcher. And that's it. That's it. No, we, we do. We, we deal with guys who, you know, every year they want to go bigger. And I get it. You know, yeah. it's a it's a tough one. Sometimes you're not sure if you're going to grow into the injector, I think mm-hmm. is the term we use pretty often. Yeah, definitely. Okay. How can, how can customers ensure they're getting quality injectors? What should they look for when they're out there looking for big 150, 500% injectors? Um, are you talking uh, if they're going to buy like a used set or a, a new set? Well, if they're just shopping, I mean, uh, either way, right? If I'm if I'm just a guy yeah. with a truck, what do I look for to know that I'm going to get a good quality injector? Um, a reputation certainly goes a long way. Um, 
and then um, you're, well, I guess they can't really figure this out until they buy a set, but uh, you know, having the calibration data that goes with every uh, set of injectors that goes out the door, I mean, that's huge. Uh, you know, showing the customer that you know, it's not just something where it's a, a, a nozzle bolted on an injector and just pushed out the door. You know, these have gone through. The nozzle flows are on that calibration sheet to show that they're balanced within 1%. Um, all of the injectors are on there at specific test points. Return flows are there. Everything is there on that calibration sheet to show them that this is a, well, a damn near perfect set of injectors. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually run a set of XRG Reman stock injectors in my LBZ. And when I got the package in the mail and I got those flow sheets, I was just thoroughly impressed because those were the actual flow tests from my injectors. I know, and you had no idea what they meant, but but it looked cool. <laughs> no, that was that's something that you would be like, oh, that, these are cool. Yeah, it totally would. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool, and just throw it to the side. And then right. I'd go into work and ask somebody the next day. But they were there. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And we've looked at them before. Yeah. They are, it is it is really impressive to see the tolerance on them. Uh, the factory is four or five percent, aren't they? Um, typically, uh, we've seen most of them come in around five. Yep. Nice. So you guys yep. are one percent, uh, and they're yeah, four and five. Most of our sets are below two. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great content right there. That is. That's how to dial it in. Well, guys, one more quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back to wrap this up with some examples about uh, big horsepower trucks. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth Series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stell 64. Perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. And we're back with Exergy. You guys are a sponsor for the Ultimate Callout Challenge, aren't you? Yes, we are. All right, let's start talking about some of the cool stuff that you get to dive into every day. Yeah, you had mentioned the the 700% injectors. I'm going to jump. It's actually at the end of our notes, Danny, but uh, 700% injectors. That's the biggest set you guys have ever built, huh? Yes, yep. Um, and I will say the 700% over is a big number. Um, it honestly wasn't really what we were looking at. Um, at that point, we're looking at mainly beginning of injection, uh, overall rate um, of that injector, and then a fuel quantity at a specific pressure and pulse width. Um, 700% over in nozzle flow, it's, it's huge. What we've done else, elsewhere in the injector um, to achieve the desired uh, fuel quantity, that's really what's, uh, what's amazing. It's probably all I can say on that, um, but it's, uh, it's going to be a really nasty setup. For sure. Okay. Okay. Let's dive into some other stuff that you can talk about then. Um, if I got a guy who's got who wants to do a twelve hundred horsepower O three Cummins, and he's in the three O sled pull class, pretty much anywhere in the country, uh, what kind of injector would you recommend for somebody in that in that level? Um, sled pull is a sled pull is a little bit different, of course, in drag racing. Um, he's going to be in the uh, 250 to 300% over range. Um, I said both being that 
there's still some guys that even with a sled pull truck that do occasionally drive them on the street. Yeah. If this is a dedicated <laughs> sled pull truck and it's not on the street, I'm going to push them towards the 300, being that we're going to have the internal modification. We're going to speed that beginning of injection, injection up. Um, and, and overall, it's going to run much, much nicer in the truck. He's going to be able to control EGTs a little bit better. Um, overall, a better setup for a sled pull truck like this. If there's any chance of running it uh, on the street uh, for that kind of a horsepower range in class, um, probably the 250%, um, as that's going to be a little bit more reasonable to tune on the street. Okay, okay. What about our standard 1,000 horsepower, guys? Danny, how many calls a week do you think we get somebody asking for 1,000 horsepower? Uh not very often, but when you do, you uh, you either think the guy is bullshitting you or uh, he hit the lotto or something. It's Yeah, it's it's hit and miss. I feel like we get hot spots throughout the year where we'll get five in a week and then nothing for a month. Uh, but at any rate, we get guys yeah. all the time with Duramaxes, let's just say an LBZ, yeah. and they want to do 1,000 horsepower. Their first question is always, how big of injector and how big a pump should I do? They saw the Katie Pajeska thing on our yeah. YouTube. That's why. Yeah, true story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a uh, thousand horse build, one hundred and fifty percent. A twelve mil pump is going to be a good, good uh, fuel combo. Do you think you can do um, it on hundreds? Um, if you had enough air, it's probably it's it's possible. Um, but a hundreds usually we're, we're going to rate a hundred at about uh, nine hundred, nine fifty, not much past that. Um, as it, you can stretch the injector, but that's typically the point where I'm sure you guys are in the same boat where you really don't want to push pulse width that far yeah. to try and make more power. At that point, you're building cylinder pressure, you're building heat, um, and stuff at that point is going to start breaking. So it's not good to take an injector to the peak, peak, peak of it and then lean on it that hard for yeah. a period of time, you're saying? That is. That's where we start to see failures. So that's why it's awesome that we're talking about this because where is that line at? You know. So if you need to know that, you need to call one of us guys here and pick our brain and you'll get the correct answers. Absolutely. Definitely. How about the UCC trucks? I, I know you got a couple of sets yeah. of injectors out there. If I just called you up today and said, hey, I'm going to throw a truck together and put it in the UCC what's what's my floor what's my ceiling how big of injectors do i need because i mean these guys i mean everybody's 2000 plus i mean if you're not 2000 horsepower you're not hitting it yeah um we it's actually surprised we've had a lot of calls for guys that you know well i'm going to be in ucc this year um haven't haven't heard from um those guys yet and then haven't seen the trucks out there um you know I, i'm not sure <laughs> yeah there, there's definitely been a, a few um calls that you're you're assuming at the end of the call that nothing will come about from it um you're driving uh, you're going to watch the ucc or you're going to be in the UCC? <laughs> yeah because your thousand horse truck is probably not going to i mean you could run all the events um you're probably not going to compete at the highest level um yeah. at that power level but um no, it's, uh, it seems like it's probably in between the 2,000 to 3,500 horsepower is um, is the range we've we've heard or uh, you know we've been focusing a few different sets for. So um, there's obviously a huge range there between that 2,000 and 3,500 horsepower. Um, in the high end of the range, um, we had to put a lot of development time into making something we've never done before to. Um, get that uh, desired uh, fuel quantity target that we had to achieve um, for that uh, power level. Um, up to 2,000 horse, um, you know, I, I would say a, a 2,000 horse is going to be in that uh, 500 to 550 percent over range. Um, 
and then usually uh, most of these guys I'm sure are going to be running nitrous. So um, you know we have a we have a, uh, a target on fuel and then a target with nitrous is is kind of what we were shooting for. Got to be bottle fed, baby. Oh. Yep. <laughs> hey, bottles are for babies, and all I got to say is wham. I love love nitrous, but we're we're not putting nitrous on our UCC truck. And I'm personally, I get it why, but it's a little disappointing to me. I mean, I think it's cool to hear some of the behind the scenes on some of the vendors here, such as Rick with Exergy, about you know some of these guys. The goal is 3,500 because we've talked to everybody, and we keep throwing 3,000 around there, and I love that that. Probably some of the bigger contenders are scuffing at three thousand. Like, oh, I don't care if it hits three thousand. Everybody cares if it hits three thousand. Everybody yeah. wants to see three thousand. Yeah, that's for sure. It's the year, man. I'm telling you, I'm excited. I'm excited for torque. It's going to be crazy. I don't, I don't even know what to expect. I mean, we went, uh, we went last year for the event, and that was crazy enough uh, to see what happened last year. And now this year, I mean, people actually know essentially what it's about, and uh, the amount of uh, trucks uh, in. Uh, the the builds that are going on for this event right now is just uh, it's crazy. It's rapidly growing every day. By the way, any UCC contenders, if you have not heard from myself or Danny Voss, please contact us. We'd love to have you on the show to do an interview with you. Um, real quick, hey uh, Rick, if people want to get a hold of you and they want to find out more about what Exergy can do for modifying their injectors, how can people reach you? Um, well, we like to uh, get as much to our dealers as we can. Um, website's going to be the best place for that. Um, exergyperformance.com. Um, there's a dealers tab in there. Um, main page of our website on the right-hand side of our page is all of our preferred and preferred plus dealers. All of their logos are there. If you've used any in the past, uh, get a hold of those guys. If you haven't, um, take a look at our dealers page. Um, there's a whole list of dealers um, across the country that uh, can certainly uh, help answer all your questions. If you have questions direct, um, go to the Contact Us link uh, on the same uh, web page. Um, you can call, uh, call or email us, and uh, we'll certainly help out in any way we can. Awesome. Paul, we're going to have to bring a huge thing of cortisone cream because in Indy there's going to be a bunch of scratchers all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, words from Danny to live by. Well, this has been yeah. Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thank you so much for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Actually, I wish we did because, uh, nah, we, we wouldn't do that to you, Rick. <laughs> we would never record you and not tell you about it. Oh, that's good. Well, that's yeah. good. Oh, I appreciate that. Are you the police? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you I later. Do it. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See no man. problem. Bye.